if you have a boy who sometimes struggles with aggression, so hitting, kicking, spitting, lashing out, yelling, maybe screaming at you or at their siblings, oh, I want you to take a breath because this may just be something that is a turning point for you this year with your sweet little boy. I want to tell you why I said your sweet little boy because sometimes that feels totally pole opposite to when we think about aggression in boys and some of those challenging, big challenging behaviors that they come out with. This episode, I interviewed Tosha Shaw. She is from Parenting Boys Peacefully. Her mission is to create a more peaceful world, one sweet boy at a time. She refers to all boys, even her own grown boys <laughs> as sweet boys. Um, and we're gonna go into why. Um, and she supports you one sweet boy at a time. She supports you on how to care for yourself, connect with your boy deeply, set limits lovingly and play wildly. I absolutely love that. If you don't know Tosha Shaw's work, well, you are in for a treat. We are going to go through all things um, parenting, aggression in boys, how to understand why your boy is struggling, that aggression is actually fear in disguise. And some of the mistakes that parents make when trying to, I guess, overcome those big behaviors and obviously some practical strategies too. So I am really looking forward to it. It was a wonderful conversation. But before we begin, I do want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors. And I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and I stand in solidarity towards a shared future. So welcome to the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pinto, your host. <laughs> I'm a mum of two. I'm a best-selling author, a international speaker and an award-winning coach. And of course, I love all things emotional intelligence. And I will be honest and say this has been an absolute game changer for our entire family. My husband and I included, not just for the kids and 95% of the time, I want to say our home is really calm, really peaceful. It doesn't mean that our kids don't have big emotions and they don't, they don't argue or just dis disagree and we have to jump in and support them and sort it out. No, but the, the triggered, um, the energy, the like draining, overwhelm, the stress like that, so much of that has gone because we brought emotional intelligence into our family. So I obviously love it and now I've made it my life's work and I want to share it with you guys too. So let's, um, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. And of course, please, at the end, I'm going to ask you, just remind you to rate or review the podcast because that makes a huge, huge difference to reach more parents. So thank you in advance. All right, let's go. Okay, so I have the beautiful Tosha Shaw here. She's from Parenting Boys Peacefully, and I'm really excited for this conversation. Even if you don't have a boy, trust me, you are going to have a lot of like golden nugget bomb drop takeaways from this conversation. I've chatted with you before, Tosha, and I always learn so much from you. I don't know actually if you realize, but I replied to one of your, um, you know, one of your, your emails that you sent out earlier. And I love the way you write your emails. Guys, if like, please, if you are not on Tosh's email list, <laughs> um, the stories that you shared, just the way that you write them. Um, anyway, so that was a random little uh, side side note, but I want to say hi and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> hey, 
you. That means a lot to me. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to talk to your people. Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do, how you got into it um, for people who are not familiar with you and your work yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make it quick because I know people aren't that interested in me. It's more about how can we help them? But um, I will tell you that uh, most importantly, I am a mom to three young men now. Uh, Right now, they're 17, 19, and 21. And I run a business called Parenting Boys Peacefully with a mission to create a more peaceful world, one sweet boy at a time. And I do that by working with pretty worried parents of, of young boys who are struggling with hard behaviors like aggression. And I help them by um, guiding them to care for themselves, to connect with their boys deeply, to set limits lovingly, and to play wildly. And I do it because, um, to me, it's peace work. So first off, we're bringing peace into our home and the relationship between ourselves and and our young boys. But the effects of that ripple outwards. So the ripples hit our communities, whether they be schools, um, neighborhoods, faith-based communities, and ultimately they they ripple out into the world. So yeah, I think of it as peace work and, and that's what I do. Yeah. Were you always doing this or were you doing something before this, like as a career? Like in my entire life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I've done other things. I mean, I've been doing this for a couple of decades, yeah. but um, I my background is actually in women's studies. People sometimes find that interesting. So I studied women's studies and then um, linguistics. So I have a background in pedagogy and teaching, writing, and English as a second language. Um, And then I sort of moved into this work because I was struggling with my own kids and desperately needed support. I found the support of Patty Whitfler, who ended up being my co-author of Listen. And as it happened, she was running a support group literally like 10 minutes from my house. Like on the entire planet, she was 10 minutes from my house and she turned my life around, right? I I was able to learn a whole new way of being with my sweet boys and I was able to help them move beyond the sibling aggression and the challenges that they all, all faced. And I ended up feeling so much better about myself and how I was able to show up as a parent. Mm -hmm. So I just got psyched and I thought, all right, this is what I got to do. I have got to teach other people that they do not have to be suffering. Like I was suffering. Yeah. Oh, and I know. So I, yeah, I remember feeling like you have done this for a long time. And I thought, but sometimes we go into a career, then we have kids and then we're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is hard. So, so that's the reason I asked that. I didn't know, I actually didn't know about um, your, your journey with Patty Whipler. So, and I love how, so you talk a lot about your, or the, or a, you know, sweet boys. I love that. It's so, it feels like foreign. It feels like we don't talk about boys as being sweet boys. We talk about them as being like tough or messy or dirty or like loud and and then obviously your work is in supporting parents with the aggression that their boys. So tell me, was that like a mindset shift for you? Were you like, my boys are loud, they're arguing all the time. And then you shifted into seeing them as what, maybe what they truly are. I don't know. Like, I think that's probably true. If I'm going to be hundred percent honest, I don't remember, but I do know that um, I called my boys, sweet boys. I still do, even though they're towering over me. Um, I will still, you know, get, Hey, sweet boy, what's up? 
even though they're men. <laughs> they're like, mom. <laughs> they smile. They smile. I'm their mom. I could get away with it. Um, but there is something really magical that happens when we use a term of endearment with our children, especially when they're children that we feel like we're struggling with or children who are struggling with challenging behaviors, because it reminds us that we like them. It reminds us that we love them. It reminds us that underneath maybe the challenging behaviors that are in our face right now, there is a sweet boy under there. And um, it calms our own nervous system. When we remember that, then we can remember that we're going for connection with a small person. Um, and we tend to be better able to stay away from the shaming and the blaming and the yelling and the anger and the explosions as, as the parent. Mm. Yeah. So why the focus on boys? I mean, I know you've got three boys, but you know, we know boys and girls have big emotions. Um, is yeah. there something behind that? Why you have the focus on boys? Yeah. I mean, it, it's twofold. I mean, one, I think when my boys were young and I was doing this work, um, people looked at me with these three beings sort of hanging off me and wild adventures and doing this and that and thought, you know, they read my newsletter and think, okay, well, if she can do this, then maybe she can help me. Yeah. Um, she looks like she's having fun. So it was kind of the people who were drawn to me tended to have boys. Um, and, and then I really do see this as piecework, like I mentioned. And, and there was a moment when the boys were pretty young, when I sat down with the paper one morning, back when there was like a paper that we could like open and read. Uh, anyway, there, there were just so many articles that were horrible, rapes and murders and terrorist attacks and all kinds of things. And they were all perpetrated by men. And I had this light bulb moment of wow, I have all these clients who are terrified that their sweet boys, three-year-old, four-year-old, 10-year-old are going to grow into these people. Like they're scared of that. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like these people, these men who perpetrated these acts, like they were a sweet boy. Like they were born good and innocent and curious and caring and loving and all of these things. And something happened. And I don't want to be Pollyanna. I mean, there are, you know, class issues, there are, um, you know, social issues, there are all, all sorts of issues that there are mental health issues that can, you know, lead people to behave in certain ways. But I think that there, I, I truly believe, and I see because of the transformations that I see with the families that I work with, I truly believe that we have an amazing opportunity as parents of young boys to help them build emotional intelligence and grow into men who are caring and thoughtful and who use their power for good. Mm, yes. So, oh, my, I mean, obviously the question that jumps to mind is like, so how do we do that? But, <laughs> but I know you talk about certain things that parents need to understand if their child is struggling with aggression. So can you help us with what those things are, what we need to know or understand? Yeah, I think one of the things to understand is that most aggression is some sort of fear in disguise. And again, I think that's important for us to know because it allows us to access empathy in a way that we can't when all we're seeing is the aggression or the bad kid or the bad behavior. So if you just think about how you would respond to a child who looked fearful to you, Right, You would move towards that child. You would want to comfort them. You would want to help them, support them. 
but if you see a child who's kicking another child or spitting at somebody or throwing something, like the tendency is to go the other way. It's to push, push them away, to isolate them, to explode at them, to try to control them, yeah. which in fact doesn't work. And so by remembering that there are actually, there's a little scared little guy under there, it helps us to access our empathy. And, and to be clear, like that fear might seem bizarre to us. Like it might be to us, no big deal. We're like, really? You're afraid of like that? There's nothing to be afraid of. Maybe they see a dog and it's behind a fence and it can't get to them. And we're like, what's the big deal? And they're, you know, having completely flipping out. Um, or maybe it seems like there's nothing at all. We have no idea what it is. And so I think another thing that's important to say is that you need to believe that that fear, whether it's real or perceived, yes. and I, you know, it's real for them. For them, it is real. Mm -hmm. And it does no good to judge it. It does no good to try to convince them to feel differently or for sure not to shame them or put them down for feeling that way. Um, we have to meet them where we where they are and and allow them to ride the wave of those feelings because that's how they're going to be able to heal the the fears and and the hurts and the upsets that are driving that aggression in the first place. It's like that's how we pull it up from the roots. I love how you say. I think I've heard you say this a few times before that fear is aggression. Sorry, aggression yeah. is fear in disguise. Yeah, I, I love I really that what a powerful reframe because as you said like when we are seeing our kids behavior our boys behavior as you know rude disrespectful you know argumentative like when we see it through that lens of course we're going to be triggered of course we're going to be like how dare you you can't do that you can't say that to him you know if you're arguing then no one gets the remote like we go into that mode and right. so it's almost like we've got to rewind a, a bunch of steps so that we even see it differently from the get-go. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, and somebody might be listening and saying, well, why are they acting that way? Like, what kind of fear is that? But maybe they have a sibling and maybe there's a fear of not being seen. Maybe there's a fear of not having enough of my parents. Maybe there's a fear of you know disappearing to the background, not, not getting the attention that I need to be able to thrive. Um, you know, it, again, it might not be real. You might be giving your child tons of attention and you might not understand why he's feeling that way. But again, he's feeling that way. And with feelings, we cannot argue. I mean, I can't convince you, right? I can't convince you, Stephanie, to not feel sad or disappointed or angry or whatever it is. Like, you're just going to feel those feelings. And the best thing that I can do is be present and continue to love you as you feel whatever you feel and know that you'll move through. Mm, yeah, I, I often find myself saying a lot that, you know, our child's feelings are as true for them as mine are for me. Like, That's right. As ours are, right? So I may be stressed about getting to work late or um, not having the things in the fridge that I really wanted to cook for dinner that night. My kids they, they don't care about that. Like that's, you know, they're, they're not thinking, oh, wow, we really don't have, you know, bolognese ingredients. It goes the other way. If my kids are like, but I need to find this book for school. And I'm like, guys, you're not going to get a detention. You won't be in trouble. Just hurry up and get in the car. They like, I'm not seeing, and I'm not validating and honoring their experience. Like there's this mismatch, I feel like, you know, so as you said, I think if we can just shift into, okay, whatever you're experiencing and 
whatever possible fear um, or emotion, even if I don't know what you're feeling, I'm going to honor that that is what's going on. And I'm going, and then what do I do? Then what's kind of the next step if we go, okay, I can, I can um, see or um, feel that there may be some fear and there's something going on there. Then what do we do? Like, where do we go from there? I think we need to think about our, our mindset and, and, I tell parents that even if this feels ridiculous or untrue to them, to trust me and just adopt this belief for the time that we're working together and see if anything changes, right? What you're doing isn't working. Let's just try something else. So what if the assumption were that your sweet boy is doing the best he can always? That means he's doing the best he can when he threw the toy truck at his baby sister. That means he's doing the best he can when he called you that horrible name or when he threw his plate of food on the floor or when he bit you or scratched you or spit in your face or all the things that happen that we don't want to talk about. Okay. So why do I say this? Because it is really disempowering and parents come to me all the time feeling helpless and hopeless and they don't know what to do. And a lot of that is because they're trying to control somebody else right? They're trying to control their child. But if we can shift our perspective and realize, okay, well, he is doing the best he can. And that best isn't good enough, right? I'm not saying all that behavior is okay. And that's what we're going for. It's not, we don't want that. But we have to start there. We have to meet him where he is. So he's doing the best he can. That best isn't good enough. Then we can ask like questions that are actually going to get us somewhere. Like, what can I do as the adult with the fully developed brain? to help things go better. <laughs> yes. Right? And then how empowering is that? Because I can control what I do. I mean, okay, it's a little bit more murky than that, right? Because we are also, we get triggered and all that stuff. And that's you know a whole nother conversation. But essentially there's no hope for trying to control anybody else except for uh, by overpowering them or scaring you know the bleep out of them. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be doing that to our children. I mean, you wouldn't be listening to a peaceful parenting podcast if that were your goal, right? So we don't want to do that. (laughs) So it's quite empowering to think, all right, well, I need to figure out what I can do differently. So it's a really a mindset shift, I think, um, that comes next. And then another piece of that mindset shift is that, and I want every parent out there to hear this, you are absolutely the best person to help your child through aggression. So when parents are struggling with little kids or young kids, not necessarily that little, who, who, who have these hard behaviors that, that society has said are horrible and bad and dangerous and going to land them in jail and like all the things, um, we tend to, as parents, reach out to everybody and everything. And we have like the internet at our hands, right? At the tips of our fingertips right now, at our fingertips right now. And so we're Googling and we're searching and we've got, you know, books piled up to here and we've got articles, we've got 50 tabs open and 25 experts, right? And the truth of the matter is, you know best. There is nobody who knows your sweet boy better than you. What makes him tick? What sets him off? Um, what his backstory is, and nobody wants to help him as badly as you do. I mean, most people are like, I don't care, you deal with it, you're a kid. Mm. So it is our job, no one else is going to take it. Um, And we're well poised to be able to help. 
So yes, I'm not saying don't get guidance, reach out for guidance, but don't overwhelm yourself. Like find something that speaks to you and go all in for a period of time. And then if you're making progress, great. Progress looks like the aggression is lessening in intensity and or the incidents of aggression are, are decreasing over time. Mm-hmm. If those things aren't happen happening, I beg you to stop doing whatever that thing is because it's not working. Yeah. So let it go and try something else. Yeah. Parenting is just one big, you know, set of experiments. Experiment. We try. If they don't work, we try something else. We yeah. forget about those parents. We're like, we're gonna give it one more week, one more month, one more this. It's like, you know what? It really hasn't been working. Let's for a year or 10. How about we let it go and try something different? Yeah. And that reminds me, I know you have a course out with aggression. I'm going to put the, all the links in the show notes and everything. You guys can check it out, but it's your, I'm pretty sure it's your six week course online. So anyone in the world, right. Can access it. And it's making just as you said, like it takes, if, if what you're doing isn't working and you're not seeing a change or improvement, try something new, right? We, we don't know what we don't know. And I'm, I'm so glad there are people like you out there who are going, Hey, I know about this stuff. I want to share it with you. It can be life-changing. Do you have any, um, I always like to ask, do you have any stories, little success stories or of clients that you think, Oh my God, there was this mom and she was tearing her hair out and like, then da da da. Yeah. I mean, I, I get emails all the time, um, and, and messages all the time from people who take the course. There was a mom recently who sent me a picture of her kid in the park And she was just so excited because she's like, this is the kid I came to you for, you know, this is the one who was, you know, hitting me. Like she felt like she wasn't close to him at all, that he didn't, she's a single mom. Um, And there was a lot of aggression happening, especially when he would come back from his dad's. Mm -hmm. And she sent this sweet picture of him and her in a park together. And she just said like, things have completely turned around. He hugs me. Um, And the other thing that's happened is that he's started to cry, which might sound bizarre. Like, why do we want our kids to cry? Not to me. One one of the things that happens to boys, especially, is that we shut them down from, from feeling comfortable crying. And a lot of times that will lead to more aggressive behaviors because the hurts and the upsets and the fears are all still in there and they have to come out somehow and they explode. And so by using all the tools that, that I taught her in this course, she was able to give him other outlets for releasing the, the fears and the hurts, um, including through crying. And he like regained his ability to share his emotions in that way. So, yeah, I mean, I hear this all the time and she's just like, I can't, I can't believe it. Like wow. aggression is way down. I also will say that I had, um, a mom. Sometimes I get a mom, a mom of a girl who sneaks in, um, which is totally fine. There's nothing I teach that's like only for boys, right? It's just that I talk about sweet boys and the the language is all about boys because that's sort of my passion. But I always have moms of or or dads or grandparents sometimes of girls who sneak into. And there was one um, who came through recently, and one of the most exciting things that she said to me in the feedback at the end of the course was that her parents had come to visit after not seeing their child 
their daughter for, I don't remember how long it was, honestly, but it was a period of time. And they commented on how different her behavior was, how things had changed, which was, she was so excited about that because, you know, she's living with her day to day. And so she knows things are changing and she was just like, wow. And she was the one, there's always one person, you know, who comes in and is just like, are you sure this is going to work? I don't know. This is happening. That is happening. You know, and I'm, I'm giving them feedback. And at the end, she was so excited that her parents were able to give her the feedback that things were really turning around. Oh, that is so cool. I love, love, love those success stories. Like it just shows everyone, maybe, you know, everyone listening, it shows you what is possible because sometimes we do not, you just can't fathom that things will be any different this is my kid. This is how they are. You know, it's always going to be tough. They're never, you know, anything I ask, they always, there's always a, a, you know, an argument, but look at the, just the possibilities when you have the right tools and when you have the right, um, maybe framework or or lens, right. I know you took, we talked about the mindset shift. So, and also support, I will say like when I teach, I'm not about just giving you recordings I mean, the course is, is pre-recorded, but I I only sell it with live support. Mm-hmm. So when you join, like we are going to work on your own emotional healing. We're going to work on getting your questions answered, whether that be in group coaching calls or you have the opportunity to text me. So it, it's it's quite extensive in terms of the amount of support that you get. And then there's also, I mean, I don't like to even be at the center because it's not really about me. I mean, I want to bring my expertise, but probably even more, or I would say as important as that expertise is being in community with other parents who are struggling in similar ways, mm-hmm. because there is something so terrifying, isolating, and shame-inducing about parenting a child who is like I said, you know, calling you horrible names or kicking or, you know, kicking you or hitting you or spitting in your face or biting or scratching or well, all the things, whether it's towards you or a sibling or a, or a co-parent or, or whoever. So to be in a community where it's like, okay, we can talk about this. There's no shame. Like we've all been through this and we have to start there. We can't pretend that it's some other way. We have to be honest about this is what's going on. And from there, we can move you to a much better place. Yeah. Do you have um, do you have parents of neurodivergent kids in your courses? Lots. Lots. Yeah. Probably most people. Actually, one person who's been in my membership community for years said to me, Tasha, why do you always say like when you teach out with aggression that um, you designed it with neurotypical kids in mind? And I was like, well, because I did. And I'm not like an expert in neurodiversity. And I don't want to claim that I am. And she goes, but Tasha, I think almost everybody in here probably has a neurodiverse kid. I'm like, I know, but um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to say that, but, but yes, people have diagnoses. They have kids who are likely would be diagnosed if they wanted to, but they don't mm-hmm. interested in di- getting a diagnosis. So we, we have everything. And sometimes there are diagnoses that require other interventions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is totally fine, but this will absolutely support those other interventions. Mm, okay. So I want to ask a couple, two more questions that are coming to mind. What are some mistakes that parents make when dealing with kids with aggression? And my other question is around like practical tips. Like if parents are listening, going, oh, this is my boy, or this is my girl, you know, my child, then what are some like 
yeah, kind of practical steps or things they can start off with. So I don't know where you want to go first, but it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a lot. Um, <laughs> I think like probably the biggest mistake that parents will make is to think that it's going to pass. Like if the aggression hasn't, if it's been lingering for a while, and if you have that sort of knot in your stomach and you're feeling like something's not right, like this is not getting better, mm. then you need to address it because aggression when it's a challenge for a child tends to not go away on its own. So whether it's with me or somebody else who you feel comfortable with, you you want to seek some help and and get a little bit of guidance so you so you can dive in and interrupt that that behavior pattern. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, so and def- your child, yeah. yeah, definitely don't wait um if you've got that gut feeling don't just yeah. think, well, maybe it's a phase. Well, maybe went next year or when they're older or whatever. Okay, that's really good advice. So yeah. before, yeah, because before we finish up, I want to ask, yeah, some practical tips, some things that parents might be able to think, oh, I can do that. Like I can start there, you know? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is let's stop. I said this before, but let's stop doing the things that aren't doing, that aren't working. So one of the things that we tend to do is to isolate our child. So sending them on a time out or uh, you know, to their room, to a chair, isolating them in any way is not going to get you results with aggression. Because if you remember, we talked about aggression generally being fear in disguise and almost always um, a feeling of being alone comes hand in hand with feeling scared. Yeah. Right. Just think about a time that you felt scared. You probably also felt alone. I know that's true for me. And so we don't want to be exacerbating that feeling. So we actually want to be able to find ways to stay close. Mm-hmm. So that 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 is that is one thing that I would say. So even if you don't know what to do, stop isolating. Yeah. Stop. Think- don't send him away and try to not leave. And if all you know how to do is just be quiet and listen to the upset while you keep yourself safe that's plenty. Yeah. Mm. That's plenty. Yeah. Wow. I really like that. I think staying close because as you said, the aggression being fear in disguise, if a child was expressing the fear or disappointment or anxiety in a more um, socially acceptable way, socially acceptable way. (laughs) Thank you. Then we would go to them. We would lean in, we would support them. We would validate and have that empathy um it I I get that it feels so different on the surface level but you know if our child is doing these other aggressive behaviors that the underneath kind of emotion and need is the same yeah it's a call for help aggression is a very loud call for help it is saying I feel like I am floundering out here I'm scared I'm alone i don't know how to handle myself and I need help. And so what we need to be doing is like throwing the lifesaver out, not like watching him flail and drown. Like we need to be throwing out the lifesaver and pulling him in. We need to be sending the message. I see you. I get you. Like we're going to get through this. I've got this. We need that confidence that I, you know, I've got this because they need to see that we have the confidence when they don't. Wow, that's good. I like that analogy. It it reminded me of, as you were saying, you know, we need to be there, kind of throw them the life raft, help them, pull them in. And then my mind went to not like push them down or say, you figure it out on your own. I'll be up here on the boat, like that's when right. you're ready to swim. Like, oh, right. that's what we do. So 
I, I love yeah. that. I think that's really helpful. Um, so your course out with aggression, is that something that, cause I know this podcast episode is going to come out just before I think you have the next kind of cohort, um, or, or when it starts, but maybe tell us about that in case people are listening to this sooner or maybe down the track in a few months. Yeah. So if you're listening to this soon, which is like February or March, 2024, when we're recording this, um, I'm going to be running a live workshop, a free workshop. That's a week long in March. And Stephanie, I think you can just post the link here and people can join. It's free. Um, It's three videos and then three live zoom group workshops. So you'll be with me on Zoom live. They're great. People love them. I love doing them. And you'll be able to tell by the end whether or not you feel like I'm a match, the community's a match, if this is something that you want to try out. So um if, so start if, there. Sorry? So start there. Yeah. So start there. And if you're outside of that timeline, um Stephanie should still have a link <laughs> uh to be able to join at any time. My goal is to be able to have parents join whenever you need us, because I know what it's like to be out there flailing and you, I I don't want you out there like that. You need to come in to community with us, um, get some guidance, get your questions answered, shed your tears and, and make some progress so that you can gain your confidence and your hope back because that's what he needs. Mm -hmm. That's what your child needs. And you will feel much better once that starts happening. Mm, beautiful I love this I really invite everyone to go and check out I will put the link I'll put all of your um, links and platforms and everything down in the show notes so you'll be able to find that on whatever platform you're listening to this on Uh, and yeah I just love 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 your work and I I so am am with the cause of not just now helping us deal with our um, big emotioned boys and aggressive aggressive boys but just thinking down the track as you said right at the start, looking at newspaper articles and looking at, you know, who is kind of perpetrating a lot of these really um, scary, big, terrible acts and things like that. So I think we have a lot of power to support our boys to kind of move away from, you know, head away from going down that track. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I've loved it. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. This has been really fun. Thanks for inviting me on. Thank you. Okay, wasn't that amazing? I love Tosha. She is so great. She doesn't hold back. She shares uh, from her heart. She shares totally openly and I just love her perspective on boys. So I hope that really resonated with you. I know I took a lot away from it and I am going to just remind you, I did say this at the start, please do a rating or a review for this podcast. It means a lot to me because I put a lot of my time and energy and heart into this, but the bigger picture is that it will, um, the whole algorithm will push it out to more parents who may really get some support from listening to these kind of episodes. So I'm going to say thank you in advance. Okay. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Stay safe, take care of each other, and I'll see you next week, same time for another juicy episode. Okay. Bye.